The weather this morning, I think, is just the perfect indication for today, this week, the last three years. Just You just want to stay inside. Be safe if you do have to go outside anytime shortly, by the way. AJ McCall on VFX, just AJ this morning. And as the meme says, because memes put it in a funny perspective, allows you to chuckle, but really capture, I think, current events. I'm tired of living through historical events. Tired of living through things that are going to be in history books. We're working our way through a pandemic, and now the beginning of what could be World War III starts, and it's just thing after thing after thing. Can we stop? As maybe I most have to know, if you have not seen and have not investigated, I can't fault you. It's just so hard. I think even with things that are the modern history that will be in books, Russia has attacked Ukraine. They have invaded. And so... The few things to know, or a couple, not the few things, a couple of things to know about it is uh, on, on the Russian side. Earlier this week, Vladimir Putin gave a televised speech saying it was just a special military operation, said the world uh, would not intervene. He said that uh, uh, it's just to demilitarize them and they're only targeting the Air Force. Russia claimed it was only targeting Ukrainian Air Force bases and other military assets, not civilians. Civilians did die yesterday they were killed uh he also says they just want to demilitarize demilitarize not occupy the country even though there is uh it was called snake island in ukraine it's a tiny tiny island off the coast city i believe of odessa is what it was called in the ukraine where they were warned by a warship to surrender or they will not survive and they are now infamous for their sacrifice for telling the ship to Go somewhere else, if I could put it in kind words. Um, there's been a lot of response. The UK, uh, Germany, United States have all condemned, obviously, these attacks. You've probably seen it all over Twitter. If you've been on the internet, stock uh, market, crypto have not done well because of this as well. It's just, oh, it's a whole thing. Um, really hope it doesn't escalate. Really hope it just is put is put away. Like, just first go home. Stop this. Lives ended for what small peen energy like why so yet again another historical event that we're going to look back on in what 30 years and be like okay so here's all the stuff that happened in history and then in this like 10 year period i hope you're ready to write fast because there are so many things that happened the pandemic or start of world war three there was ugh. it's friday and it just just another thing you just feel like 2022 right you came in apprehensive like, okay, so 2021, we were just, nope, we give up. Like, 2020 was awful. Just try, no hope for whatever 2021. It felt like it got far enough away from the pandemic, like, maybe a little bit, and just, again. Okay, catch our breath here, reset. So there's a really interesting question, I think, that comes out every time, because smartphone, right, everything has been combined in one, and it's such a essential part of our lives. So then the question is, is it more useful at the end of the day as basically your functioning computer pocket than uh, the keyboard itself? And I can tell you, I know that the, I know the answer goes one way because of a my boss's boss who only wants one type of phone. This is nuts. The answer is always going to be the keyboard beats the phone, right? AJ McCall at VFX, just AJ this morning. So the, there was a survey done. Do you type faster on a keyboard or do you type faster on a phone? 66% of people said... The keyboard, 
Well, 21% said the phone, but there's a reason. The phone changed their text thing like a keyboard because that's how we learn and that's how it's all set up. And the funny thing that drives this home for me has nothing to do with that. Ask you what, so let's keep this on the low because he doesn't like his, a ton of stuff about, about him. But my boss's boss is one of those guys, he likes what he likes, right? And so when he finds uh, something he likes in terms of technology, he tries to stick, he sticks with it. So I had never heard of the, I think it's the LG Lotus. And if you have not either, look, we're, we're the same because we had to look it up. It is a old, old phone. It was a flip phone, but it was a square. Like it was a little a purple square. He flipped up because it had the full keyboard was one of the reasons he loved it. And I told him, I said, look, you're not getting an argument for me. Anybody remember uh, there was the sidekick was really cool because it flipped up, right? And he turned in that little sideways screen or whatever. But I had one like that. But my first, I wouldn't call it smartphone, semi-smartphone, right, where they started to get the screens, it was uh, it was like flat, and it looked like a smartphone, but it was a little bit thicker, and then you could slide this one the screen to the side, and then it turned into like a little sidekick, and you could type on it. I've always loved that phone, strictly because it had an actual keyboard. Because, yes, gone are the days of T9 for, I would hope, the vast majority of us. And so it's easier now, and you learn, and you, you probably think most of us by now force a habit. They put the keyboard on. They're pretty good at it. Unless, though, can we talk about the fact, why is it that the uh, is it the parentheses, when you go to type the symbols, no, the percent sign, why is the percent sign not on the set of symbols you use? Like when you hit the symbol button and you got the, the ampersand, the plus, the parentheses, exclamation mark, question point, uh, question mark, slash, and all that. Like I'm never going to use the colon and semicolon. Why, why is the percent sign not on that one? That always annoys me because I I've always forget what I'm looking for. It's so stupid. Ugh. Phones. Yeah, first world problems. First world of first world problems. But yes, the keyboard is always going to win. And it just makes me laugh because <laughs> it just makes me think of the boss talking about this Lotus because he showed me an old one the other day. You're talking about a phone that's, what, it said it came out in 2008? It feels like it's way older than that, but he was using these. And like when I first got here five years ago, he still had one. <laughs> Dude gravitates towards his old technology. But when it when his reason against me, it's got the keyboard. I'm like, eh, you know what? I hear you. I 100% hear you. So yes, keyboard over the phone every time. Way faster, way easier. Because the other thing is when your phone wears out, like the M's down by the delete button. Anybody else? Just you're like, I'm. Delete. I, and it just types I delete the the apostrophe. And then you just do it like four times and then finally, no. And then you have to specifically put the M down. And if I was like, okay, I got it this time. I got it. No, it's cool. I, I figured it out. <sighs> the rarity of something makes it valuable. If it's less, if not a lot of it, if it is available, then it should be more valuable. And so when you're a kid growing up, if you can't have a meal a certain amount of times, like it's very limited, that makes it kind of fancy because it's rare. What I've come to find is it has actually nothing to do with the value, has actually nothing to do with uh, the rarity of finding what it is. It just has solely to do with the, the work ethic, so to speak. The rarity of something generally makes it much more valuable. So growing up, if you weren't able to have a specific dinner very often, that made it fancy, right? It was a special occasion. That's actually not actually the case. AJ McCall at VFX for the Gold's Gym debated eight. Just AJ this morning. Steak was always, obviously, I feel like a lot of people, steak growing up is fancy. Ashley and I have had steaks marinating 
in the bottom of our fridge for better more more than a week now. They've been sitting here because we just can't bring ourselves to make them. And that's just a change of the times because even even when I could go out and buy the cuts of meat or had to go out and buy the cuts of meat and could do it, it was still like a thing, right? We didn't do it all the time because you'd avoided it. Like you didn't even look at the price to actually find out. When you're out by yourself, you're like, oh, that's steak. Like, we can't afford it. We, we got to go hamburger. We can't. No, we're not splurging on that. But it was like when we had it, it was such a big deal. Like, we, you'd have to get out the actual plates. You'd have to get out some real silverware. Like, it was a whole thing. Now you're saying, like, eh, eh, eh. And it's a change in the times because it's, fa- it's a good meal. And this one is like, no, 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 no. But it actually has led me to realize, though, is that those fancy meals I used to think were fancy meals – it wasn't because necessarily the price. It wasn't necessarily because they were something meant to mark a special occasion. It was solely based on the time. I'll tell you what, it, what I think a lot of people have the rule, right? When it's somebody's birthday in the family, they get to pick where they eat, whether they get to pick someone making a dinner, or they get to pick where you go out, whatever it is. Mine, for five straight years growing up with my mom and stepdad, I wanted ribs. Barbecue ribs, and I wanted mac and cheese, and sometimes queso because, you know, you can never have cheese, but mostly barbecue ribs and mac and cheese. And we would have ribs because I started picking it maybe one other time during the year. And, yeah, it could be expensive to buy that rack, especially when you're making it for a family of, at the time, what, six of us? It'd be expensive. I got that. But you know what it is? Now, after having made my ribs itself, it's the time. That's what was the thing. Is it like it was the time to put into the effort to do it? It's the same thing. My stepmom, it's her queso dip. That was always what I wanted from her. Not super, not super difficult. In fact, Ashley's dad makes it all the time now, and he might he's got the whole thing down. Uh, we had it for the Super Bowl party, but it was just the time to put into that the effort more than anything. And I get it now. It's those things are like, huh? Like I want to have a special occasion. And it's a fancy food, but it's fancy not. And it was rarity because not because it was necessarily overly expensive, not because it was necessarily a pain in the butt to make. It just took forever to do so. And you're like, ah, you know what? That's only for special occasions. <laughs> Get a text message here. What was the food that you thought was fancy as a kid that wasn't anymore? Uh, for me, it was oven cooked steaks. Is the text? My dad convinced us it was a fancy way of eating it. Turns out he was afraid to touch raw meat and just plop it in a pan and cook it in the oven, so he didn't have to touch it. <laughs> hey, look, steak again. Steak rears its head. And not the timing thing on that one, but just a special rule makes it again a special occasion. That is nuts. Oh, man. It just all the glass shattering moment. You know, it was funny, too, talking about this in the after show yesterday because the producer Butters gave me his. His basically dad speech where he was like, no, nah, that's ridiculous. Thong, it's the hard part. Plop of the steak, that's the easy part. Just he's so easy to do. But it's funny because Irma subbed in yesterday on the after show. And I don't think we got into it, but she once said that she makes the best cakes in the world. But she does not like making cakes. So that's why they're only made for birthdays. It's a prime example. Because you think, hey, I'm not saying it's not hard to make or time consuming. But like nobody's saying like eggs and flour and all that's ridiculous to get your hands on. But it's the time that doesn't want to be put into it. it. It's crazy. It's That is solely what it is. Oh, That was glass shattering. Unlikely to be glass shattering, really. It's more so to be mind-blowing, but in a bad way, because you just, like, your jaw drops whenever you hear Florida Nuts stories. Because you're like, no. Like, AJ, stop pulling our leg. That's so stupid. Horses. Can't trust them. And I feel uncomfortable because we got four that live behind us. 
AJ McCall for Florida Not on VFX. Uh, no AJ McCall this morning. Uh, there's horse in the story. We have two dub stories. One of them is from Florida. One isn't. And I got to figure out which one it is because Florida is the home of the original criminal. But I got to be honest, it just seems like it's a pandemic. Like, there were always states that kind of reared up and confused me every once in a while. The Carolinas really bad. You occasionally get the Texases and the Alabamas and stuff. But since, like, the pandemic hit, like, the Midwest was not doing too bad beforehand. But, like, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania come up way more than they should. You would, like, New Jersey, New York, I'd accept. But those other ones, I'm like, that's kind of weird. So, story number one. It's always way easier if the burglar's going to find his way in the police station and make it that much simpler. Just say, hey, arrest me. Because some idiot broke into a police station, tried to steal stuff from the head cop's office. When he tried to run, someone caught him in the act and arrested him before he made it out the building. Idiot. Story number two. A guy's uh, motion sensors and surveillance equipment went off. So, of course, he called the police because he was a little bit confused about it. He came home to see a horse wandering around. And the guy said, oh, oh my, my horse broke into your house. So I had, to, I had to go get him and make sure he stopped doing that. Horses, you can't trust them. And there are four of them behind the Radio Ranch. Oh, which stupid story. And clearly, stupid stories. I mean, last place you would have expected? No, there's a bunch of police officers there. You're in trouble. And those untrustworthy horses, which one, though, is from Florida? You know, so bad, I really want to land base. And I'll get some shots in for the criminal for story number one. Because, like, how do you break into a police station? But then I thought about it. Florida not with AJ McCall at VFX. Just AJ this morning. Like, the, the uh, one here in Long Island, they got the whole thing, and they were joined at the library. I'm like, okay, from the outside, sort of. But, like, wasn't all the police cars in the parking lot? And then once, like, you got in the building, like, I feel like the setup and maybe walking past an officer or two might be kind of a giveaway. Maybe I'm crazy. It's Florida not. We got two dumb stories. One's from Florida. One's not. See if we can figure it out. In story number one, dude Broke into a police station, snuck into the uh, precinct through an open window in the middle, not even the middle of the night, 10 p.m. at night, so not even that late, and then tried to steal stuff from the head cop's office. Someone caught him in the act. He tried to run, but he was in a police station, so obviously he didn't get very far. He was arrested before he made it to the front door. Like, seriously? Why, why would you rob a building full of cops? 10 p.m. is not that late. Story number two. Man was out and about. Got a notification from a security system of surveillance. Hey, someone's moving around your yard. You might want to. And the, so he called the cops to meet him there. Smart. He gets there. He saw a horse attempting to flee the scene. So he asked the guy who was also with the horse, what are you doing? He said, well, my horse broke in your house, sir. And I had to go in and get her. And the guy said, well, okay. So the horse broke the gate, then got on the porch and then broke into the house. Surveillance footage, of course, showed the man attempting to enter the padlock front door. When he couldn't get in, he broke the bad back window and climbed inside. And then, of course, the horse got in the yard through a broken fence. Uh, the horse was also stolen. So, you know, horses getting a bad rap for somebody else committing crime. Uh, at the end of the day, so the, the two dumb stories, you got to figure out which one's from Florida. And I think the tough thing is it's hard not to argue with the police station one. I mean, like, I, I just feel maybe from the outside, maybe from the outside, it wouldn't look like. A police station. But I feel like once you get inside, you might realize real quick. On top of that, how often do you go somewhere and then Google gives you a push notification? Like, hey, by the way, you're outside the police station. Five-star them? Need recommendations? Need 911? Like, Google freaks out. Just that one feels like the one you should be like, okay, that is absolutely the stupidest. Because the excuse of the horse is dumb. But, I mean, police station. 
Unfortunately, though, we go that way. The horse was from Florida. The police they should do was with, with New York, which actually, to me, makes the story even stupider because it was actually in the Bronx, so 10 p.m. is absolutely not that late. But you get stumped occasionally by dumb stories. Dumb people happen another way. I mean, maybe, maybe, just maybe that guy was originally from Florida, and that would totally track. Florida not, DJ McCall on VFX. Just which I'm not saying how to do your job. I'm just saying, Cash Valley Police, if you see some bad parking, you want to come up with your own park narcs ticket, that would be great. Tell then the AJ McCall Show VFX will handle it. Today being the end of that, we'll get to uh, some last parting shots in before we almost, almost close the bouts. Friday's the day we find out who the winner is of Parknarks, but before that, we pick a winner. AJ McCall at VFX, just AJ this morning. And I tell you, leave it to the weather to find another reason for me to find a benefit of a doubt. Because in nominee number one, if you haven't seen, it's pinned to our Facebook page. We don't close the ballot quite yet for Parknarks. We vote which one is the most annoying, would upset you the most if you came across it. But nominee number one is the snow matches my car, and it's that white SUV that looks like it's just parked in the middle of the yard, but it's parked on a patch of snow. Now, you're like, okay, maybe somebody had a party, right? We had the big football game and all that, but there's, it just doesn't look like there's any other road tracks. There's a lot of feet tracks, and so you're like, okay, this car just got lost and somehow wound up here. But then we get the weather we get this morning, and kind of, don't you not justify it, but then you're like... Well, if I stumbled across this this morning, I would just think maybe just maybe someone kind of just was you know, felt like they were in trouble, needed to stop for a second, or maybe they thought it was a spot as long as it was within reasonable doubt. Like, kind of, I'm not saying it explains it away. It just gives you enough to be like, well, but to me, and again, my vote doesn't count. It was always going to be nominee number two. If you have not seen it, it looks, it's the back of, I think, a gas station, a convenience store. And these parking spots are big. They're like one and a third car lengths. And this car somehow managed to fit like its back tire and bumper sort of in the spot, which is even more inconvenient because the front end is pulled out then to where the, the you can drive, because but in front of it is just basically the sidewalk. So like that has just been completely blocked off. They have dammed up the parking lot. And it just, there's, there's no logical way. They didn't magically back up because someone kind of half parked into it. They didn't like just the car didn't just roll its way through because why would it just be parked correctly and not hit the building? It it it's framed beautifully by the car that is parked correctly next to it, and I'm partially still curious. The person we see in the background walk away is the perpetrator. Maybe someone saw got up like, no, I got to I got to send this to AJ McCall. This is just not going to do because it's bad. It is so bad. But but my vote doesn't count. Yours does. Vote. Pin to the top of our Facebook page, Utah's VFX. There's still time left for park narcs. And, of course, you see terrible parking. You submit it. Take a picture. Safely do. Send it to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They're all Utah's VFX. You get entered in, and then we play park narcs again on Monday. Who's the worst parker each week in Cash Valley? Chance whoever finds the one that gets the most votes for most annoying, they win a prize. This one, park narcs, totally questionable. It's bad parking. There's not really any debate to it. Eating in the car? I thought Universal. I thought wrong. You get some food on the way to work or way home. You're not waiting until you get home, right? If it's handheld, right? Nobody's like getting sushi and chopsticks. You're just like, oh, let me, I'm going to get some of this now. But like burritos, burgers, that's not stopping you from eating it. AJ McCall at VFX, just AJ this morning. Like everybody eats while driving. So I thought, so I thought, but this topic of conversation came up in the after show and allow me, if you will, to just play a little bit. So there's Irma, 
myself and producer Butters. Just a little bit of it here. See, I I will just I'll just stop somewhere and eat. Like to the side of the road? Yes. Or like in a parking lot or something. I'll, really? I will stop and eat. I don't think it's worth putting everybody else's lives at risk. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> Okay, like obviously distracted while eating. It's like one of my biggest pet peeves. Pay attention to the road. No, obviously I can't come back and be like, no, do whatever you want. And Irma subbing in on the after show. If you haven't seen, we're on Facebook. You see the Facebook live. We're a lot of places. But that blew my mind. Producer Butters will not eat while driving home. French fries, burgers, burritos, doesn't matter what it is. You will not eat. He'll pull in the parking lot, eat by himself. He may pull off the side of the road just feeling he got a rumbly in his tum-tum, can't make it home, he'll pull off the side, but he will not eat in the car. And obviously, that should be justifiable, but like, universally, completely disagree. I went around asking the building yesterday. I asked both Producer Butter's boss, which is my boss's boss, and I was like, you eat in the car? He's like, yeah, absolutely. I was like, Producer Butters doesn't eat in the car. He's like, oh, nothing at all? Nope. That's so weird. I'm like, yeah, it is super weird because, yes, you shouldn't be distracted, but I think the thing... About food, if I can defend it at all, compared to like texting, is it's kind of a mindless test. Like when you're texting stuff, right? You're, you got to engage your brain to think about what you're texting. You look, even if you have a feel for it, you look at it. Whereas like yesterday, I did a driving test and I had a burger in my hand and it's really easy to, you just don't, you have to think about it. Like in your hand, unwrapped, you just move it to your mouth. You don't have to take your eyes off the road. You got the comfortable one hand right on the top of the steering wheel. It's, it's legit. And you can see me driving with the food and, Full disclosure, it's just in our back lot because, one, didn't want to risk anybody's lives. And, two, I've been back, so I'm pretty comfortable with it. So I think I did better than I would if I just drove normally. But I think I'm a good driver still while eating because it's easy enough, again, just to have that burger in my hand and just whatever. But the poll of the day has to be because I was blown away that someone didn't eat while driving. Do you eat while driving? Because it's got to be overwhelmingly like 90 plus percent. has to be. Do you eat while driving? Comment on our Facebook page, Utah's VFX, and see me driving our back lot where Bruce Butters was nice enough to film me eating a sandwich. I'm like, oh, look at this. This is totally easy. Utah's VFX, Thermo Fisher poll of the day. Now, that was it was a slight confession, but no, it's not a bad one. No one's going to – I'm going to say I'm, I'm judging him a little bit for that, for producer Butters, but it's, it's time for me to confess. There's one secret I always rely on when it comes to specifically vacations. I tell my family – it's time to confess. I'm hiding a secret from my family. I lie to my family, and it's time to come clean. I mean, it's Cash Valley Secrets after all anyway on VFX. AJ and McCall, only uh, AJ this morning. And so I like to travel, right? That's not new information. I go on vacation once or twice a year. But I get asked all the time to come home. Generally, my family's big into reunions. And so once a year, once every two years for sure, they have one. And I get asked every time by family members. They say, oh, it's going to be here. It's going to be Florida has been the repeat spot for the last couple because some of my family are idiots and bought timeshares. Oh, another confession. And they ask me all the time, and I say, I, I just I can't get the time off. I just, uh, you know, I, I've, got, uh, I've got commitments i got to make. i got to save them. I usually go to a conference each year. And then they're like, well, okay, yeah. And I say, I, it's real strict. Here's my confession. While there are limitations to the vacation time I can take, I'm operating well within my parameters because I try to be a good employee, and that is complete baloney. On top of that, generally, I just leave a window open for vacation in my mind later than they're saying, ah, I committed to do something. I I can't have time. So 
being 1,500 miles away, I can't spend vacation time to come home. I just got other commitments I got to make. So I confess that that secret has been kept for a while. But I feel like five years in now, it's time. Like, you know, I just family reunion with people I don't want to be around, trip to Europe. Ugh, which one am I going to go on that one? That one's a little bit tough. Apparently, I'm not the only one keeping a secret. Uh, I've got Robert on the phone. What's your secret? I am a huge sugar fan. I mean, I can't get enough of it. I know it's bad for me, but I sneak cake and cookies all the time. I just <laughs> crave it a lot, and I know that my family doesn't like that I eat so many sweets. I mean, they're looking out for you, I guess. That one's not re- I don't think you should feel that bad. Doesn't everybody have, like, their own little hiding spot? Like, Ashley will buy my can- – my girlfriend now will buy candy. I wouldn't say go far as to hide it, but she will definitely – go out of her way to try and keep it out of eyesight. Like, I think everybody does that a little bit. Like, I mean, you're eating an aggressive amount. I don't know what sneaking it here or there is, but everybody's got a hiding spot, right? Like, I think you're in the clear. Stacy online. Stacy, what's the secret you're hiding from your family? I have a really bad online shopping habit. Oh, no. And I, it's not like a secret. Like, my husband and I both see the credit card statements, but I do try to pull the packages in quickly, and I feel like if he sees boxes all stacked up at the door, he starts to panic. I, I guess, I mean, I'm glad it's not a secret secret because there's somebody who is on this show who once upon a time maybe operated within that realm, and that did not go so good. That did not go well. Uh, that being said, I'll, I'll speak just generally. Maybe just maybe evaluate with those purchases. I'm not saying you can't treat yourself, and if you guys are fine, you're not in any financial dire straits, you know, do you or whatever. Maybe just maybe evaluate, like, do we really need this because – Finances can get a little, little hairy there. That that one can bring some stuff down. Like, I expect some crap from my family on mine, but, like, again, 1,500 miles away, what are they going to do? They ain't going to invite me. They ain't going to see me. But that, that, one, that, one, that one could be bad there, Stacey. That one definitely could be bad. <laughs> secrets kept from family starts. Cash Valley secrets. And the confessions don't stop. Because, of course, anonymously, you've been pleading and just venting so that your souls and consciousness could be clean. And I got to tell you, one of the funniest roommate get back pranks I've heard of, it's not really a prank, it's just getting back what you were owed. Reparations were owed. I mean, if you were the only one in the house buying toilet paper and did show for, let's say, a leash, you think you're owed a little bit of reparations on the way out? A little bit? Cash Valley Secrets with AJ McCall at VFX, just AJ this morning. I think one of my favorite ones. About 16 years ago, I lived in an apartment where I was the only one who bought toilet paper. When I moved out some weeks later, I broke into the house, the apartment and stole all their toilet rolls. <laughs> Recompense. We're still friends, but I've never told them. That, that's totally, unless there's an agreement. Unless somebody's, you know, like, I've got the electric bill and you've got the water bill, so you get the toilet paper and I got whatever else. Unless there's agreement. But I'm fully on board with that. I'm a little bit of a pushover as a roommate, so I don't think that I would ever do it, but I love that. Love it. <laughs> uh, when I Another confession, when I finish making supper, if my spouse is nowhere to be seen, as is often the case, rather than phone them, they never answer. I set the smoke alarm. <laughs> Why? I, like, that's definitely an effective way to get attention, but I feel like if you just, you know started eating and then eventually they wandered their way down and you, well, you, I called and called and texted and whatever and you didn't like there's no logical argument for that another one when walking along pavement I'll speed up if someone tries to overtake me making them walk faster and faster all the while ignoring them they rarely succeed in passing me I totally get this 
the thing is that gets me is it's weird. Like I feel awkward after a while because you're walking side by side with someone and then you feel like you should be having a conversation and then it's a stranger though. So I don't know what to say. So I always just fall. I'm like, just go. I'm going to pick a completely different direction because I hate this. I hate everything about this, but that happens in everything. The one that always gets me is windshield wipers. Like on a day to day, you might use them a little bit because it was it was spitting snow a little bit earlier. But like you're like, right, I'm using them. Am I being dramatic? Like, is everybody else using them? Like, uh, okay, this is too fast. I'm gonna slow it down. Nobody else is going this fast. I don't want to be the crazy one. It's like, whoa, look, it's my first rainstorm. No, I don't want to be that one. Another confession: I have to tell my boss and coworkers I have a ton of emails to get through. In reality, I receive maybe five a day and regularly ignore most of them. I promise you, I did not anonymously message in to Cash Valley Secrets, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't lie about the bunch of day. I get asked all day, did you get one? I'm like, no, nah, I didn't see it. I'm like, yeah, I said, but I didn't read it. If I can't figure out the headline, I assume it's not important. And if it's really important, I feel like somebody's going to say something to me anyway. At the end of the day, very rarely does it come to bite me a butt. Occasionally, but not very often. And lastly, I have to put on tomorrow's clothes for at least 15 minutes the day before to break them in. I absolutely hate how washed clothes feel, especially jeans. This is interesting. I kind of like that, especially jeans like fresh out of the washer too, because they're just a little bit tighter, right? They're not as they're not as as free, a little bit constricting. You got to kind of move, like flex a little bit to kind of get them back to that comfortable spot after you've worn them a few times and have broken them in. This person, I think that's a game changer. It's it, I, 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 it's again thinking that I picked out my outfit. The day before, a little bit of a bold strategy. But that, I think, is a game changer. And I think we all might need to, I think we'd be a little bit more comfortable. Start our day just a smidge better, just a little bit higher than we would the day before. Cash Valley Secrets on VFX. The confessions are uh, not done yet. Because I know one of two things. I know two things, actually. Uh, Me and my siblings all gave my mom at some point a heart attack because we did something we weren't supposed to. And mom is definitely going to get a heart attack when all of us get engaged, et cetera. And I need to talk about proposing. I, when you start, ta- I start talking about proposing, I get anxious. And then I'm, I know I'm going to get phone calls later. Cause like, well, what are you going to do? Did you, is it closing? But I need to, I, I need to ask a legitimate question, fellas and ladies, actually. AJ McCall for the Goals Gym debate date on VFX. Just AJ this morning. So Ashley and I, this summer, have been dating for five years. And, of course, we've been asked the question, when are you going to propose? When are you going to get married? Are you going to have kids? Da, 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 da. All of that. I get that. Five years, almost five years is a long time. Here's the part where the anxiety really sets in for me because all that I expect and I brush it off and I get annoyed by it and all that, and I understand it. So we have, of course, talked about it, right? We went engagement ring shopping. It was a whole thing last year and all that. Fellas, did you feel like... There was more pressure the longer you waited to deliver the perfect proposal. Because I don't, what I mean by that is I haven't delayed because I'm not ready or I haven't delayed because I don't want to do it. There were, you know, I had to get the ring. So we did all that. And then I have a general idea of what I want to do. And so the the perfect scenario for what I think would be great exists in my mind. But the thing that that I all of a sudden set in is, okay, how am I going to set this up? Because I've been dead set on this scenario. There was maybe maybe an opportunity once, once pulled off. I'm going to leave it at that. And it just, it didn't come about the way I wanted it to. 
And so now I start to worry, right? The longer you are, you you talk about your future, you want to be together, does the pressure build? And on the other side, ladies, is is that the case? Because it's not it's ner- it's not nerve wracking just for the fellas. Because I know Ashley and I talk about it. Wants it to happen. Ask questions. Knows I'm not going to tell it, but still, you know, wants me to confirm. Yes, I I, I intend to do. I'm going to propose. We're going to get married. Live happily ever after. So you want the the affirmation, and I'm I'm with that. But now I start to feel like not that she's giving me pressure, but like we're both stuck in this situation now, where. The anticipation kind of ratchets up the expectations, and it's driving me a little neurotic. I gotta be honest, and I'm curious: is it just a temporary thing, and then you catch your breath, and then you remember, right? This is the person I love, and we're we're gonna be great. Or do you, does it the nagging feeling kind of just stay with you the whole time? Because I'm just I, now I'm like, oh man, I gotta I I feel like I have to make it perfect because the longer we're together, and the longer I don't do it, even though I say I do. Of course, you know, okay, what, why is he not doing it? Is he ever going to do it? And then we like to travel, so is it going to be on this? And then it's just the thing that's always nagging at you, and you now you almost want to get it done, not to blow it off, like like respectfully, but to like to just be done with it, right? To just have the, and have that come off your shoulders and just be like, okay, you don't have to worry about it. Got the ring on my finger. Make plans when we want to make plans to get married. This is the first big step. Got to tie the knot, but we'll get to that because that's expensive. It almost feels like you kind of just want to get it done to get it done. But then, of course, you don't want to do that because you want to try and make it special. So it's just a circle of just anxiety and stress. And you're like, oh, just get it done. No, it's got to be beautiful. But what if it's not perfect? Shut up, you idiot. She'll love it. Just over and over and over again. Am I the only one? 68255, the number to text. Start your text. With VFX, and again, I'm going to get a bunch of phone calls about it, but I'm legitimately curious, did, did you feel any of that, guy or girl, either way? Because it's just set in recently, and it is just hard to catch my breath. I know when it does happen, when I finally do propose, well, honestly, the first thing will probably be finally for my family, but there will be a couple of close calls on the heart attacks, and there's one thing I know about my siblings. We all did that. Didn't everybody at least once give their parent a heart attack? I am astonished that I believe my goddaughter made it through the baby phase, the toddler phase, without not not worrying my best friends, but without giving them the, the parent heart attack. AJ McCall for the Goals Gym debated eight, just AJ this morning, because my understanding is every kid, most kids, I'm going to say every, there's no rule that's universal, most kids do. For instance, uh, my brother, when he was born, had the umbilical cord wrapped around his neck, and that was terrifying, and he's fine. But my mom always said that all of us kids gave her a scare. There's one time she came home when I was nine, I think, and I had just wandered out in the neighborhood and left the door wide open. Like it looked like somebody had just kicked the thing in. And she was, of course, terrified and ready to call the police. And I was just out with the neighborhood kids running around. My littlest sister, my mom came home and they were at this time living in a, a two-story place. And the dog was down on the the ground level she was her bedroom was above up above that little patio area basically and she was standing in the window looking down at the dog my mom of course came home grabbed her terrified that she was just gonna go try and talk to the dog like we all had one and so I was curious were we just the crazy kids or or does most people like I think have uh some kind of nightmare story of their own when they had kids or were kids. Jill's on the phone. Jill, what's your story? 
My son and I were shopping, and I couldn't find him anywhere, and I started looking inside of all the circular racks because that's where I always hid when I was a kid. But, of course. Uh, he wasn't there. The little jerk was like two inches behind me the entire time trying not to giggle. He knew exactly how to stay out of my eyeline and didn't come forward until I was like about to cry. <laughs> okay. Well, that's just evolution, right? Is that, like, yeah. Who who didn't try to hide in those circular things as a kid? They were like the perfect hiding spot. And you just thought, oh, I could just disappear. But that that's 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 a little extreme. I, I, I'm going to take solace a little bit in the fact that for me and my siblings, they were all incidental. Like nobody was like, <laughs> it's going to be hilarious. Uh, also on the phone, we got Nick. Nick, what's your story? My daughter is in a, is in like a pranking phase and usually her guys are terrible and obvious, but uh, okay. she has really bad allergies. Uh, so one day I, I come, I came home uh, and, you know, she's saying she accidentally eaten something with peanut butter in it and she was having oh. trouble breathing. Uh, so I went, to grab the EpiPen, she started giggling uncontrollably. Uh, I mean, I had half a mind to stab her with the EpiPen anyway. <laughs> okay, so those are those are kind of cruel. I got to be honest; like those are heart attack moments, like that warranted a little bit heart attack moments. I should clarify for the story for Jill's story. I did once upon a time get lost in a Walmart when I was with my mom and the, the punchline to the story is that of course she had to go and they had to do this loudspeaker thing. And they asked, what does the kid look like? So people keep a lookout. <laughs> my mom said he's dressed as Batman because I, I have Batman shoes, shorts, t-shirt. I wore the cape and the cowl everywhere. <laughs> the, the, the end of the day, the story is really good, but that's not, that's, that one, I think, a little bit more on purpose. So I, I'll take back my criticism of Jill's kid. But that fake allergy one, that one, whew, heart would definitely stop for a second there. Again, I hope parents, new parents, soon-to-be parents, eventual parents, you never get that heart attack moment. But my, most most parents are going to have the heart skips a beat and like, oh, oh my gosh, this, is, this might be something big moment. And then, fingers crossed, it never is the case. Speaking of being kids, speaking of being a, uh, having a heart attack, someone put up a post on Facebook yesterday asking a very simple question. Why do people take traffic signs? And the answer's easy. They're awesome. Yesterday on Facebook, someone posted, hey, why do people steal traffic signs? I don't get it. It's immature. How dare you? AJ McLeod, VFX, just AJ this morning. They steal them because they're cool. Sorry. We commandeer and or find them. Friends of mine do because they're cool. They shared a story of someone who stole a stop sign and it was got busted. It was a dumb criminal and they're an idiot. And yes, yes, I don't think that you should just wander over to like six west and find one of those intersections and just yank one down and run off with it. That is dangerous. Never, never do that. But, but if you were to find one that was on the ground, yeah, I, I, I'm perfectly content in saying you can have that like that one's broken it needs to be replaced obviously and if it's gone i think they'll replace it even quicker again i don't think you should go to like the intersection of main and center street and just wait till the middle of the night and try and knock yourself down a street light but if you can find one for sale yeah i'm on board growing up i had a stop sign uh, my best friend actually had one as well and i had a street light and the story i got can't condemn me for this because the story i got because i did not buy it my parents bought it for me for a birthday, and they found it at a garage sale. And that person actually had two, had two of them. 
And yeah, they were super awesome. We used to when we hang out, we uh, when we, people spent the night at the house, we used to turn it on. It used to be the nightlight while we chit chatted through the evening, and it was amazing because it's always a cool story and a conversation starter, and it was awesome. I'm actually super sad that it did not move with me to either New Mexico. I went there long enough, but Utah. Now that I've been here more than five years, because it was so cool. It takes up a ton of space, though. Ah, oh, I just—they're awesome. Who would want? I had a. It's not a good picture for me. I uh, I had when I was in high school. I think it's been thrown away now because it stayed at home. I had a uh, caution wet floor sign. I happened to find one at school, and I, I I legitimately just walked off with that one. Don't do that. But I did find a broken exit sign once, and I had that too. Sign clearly, I just have a thing for signs. So stop stop kink shaming me and let me have what I have because they're cool. They are super cool. And the question that otherwise, like you just you just don't get it. You just don't get it. Now, at the end of the day, will those moments stand out because they're so cool and I defend them to the death? Will they stand out when it's finally my time to go? I don't think so, but it appears this is nuts to be proven true that your life may actually flash before your eyes. In the movies, television shows, it always shows right at the end of your life, it flashes before your eyes. But obviously not everything on the internet, not everything on television, not everything in movies is real. This might be. AJ McCall at VFX, just AJ this morning. A study found that it's possible, and look, we encourage on the show a lot science to do something that's useful, and I would deem this useful a little bit, a little bit, a little bit gruesome here. But basically, they were giving a man a, a brain scan, and he had just recently passed away. So he quickly got him in there, and the brain waves change and look like they were dreaming, flashing back or processing a lot of information based on other scans they've done. So, while can't be conclusively said, it appears that, yeah, it is true. Your life flashes before your eyes as you pass away, which is crazy. That's just nuts. And it kind of, like, I don't, I don't think I ever thought of it as an overly romantic idea, but it's interesting to do that because then you kind of think, okay, now... You have long life ahead of you, maybe comes and goes. But then you think, okay, what what are the moments you're going to remember, right? That's how you evaluate life. You talk about that, I think, out loud. Like, you want to you do stuff in your life. They're going to be moments worth remembering. So if you do have that flashback, so to speak, like, that's the evaluation, right? Maybe we don't come out and say it, but that's kind of the evaluation. The things you'll see is going to be that. And so it's just, it's nuts to see it confirmed because I kind of already accepted it anyway, and now it's legit, and it's just almost still glass shattering anyway. Really want your mind blown. One of my favorite conspiracy theories is what if at any given time you're not actually living your, through your life, you're just watching it again, just in slow motion. And as it, you go out the back door yet again and up onto the greater plane or wherever you're going, that one, that one messes with me because you're like, wait, pinch my skin. I can feel it. Is it legit? Okay. You know, something that'll come up later tonight, and then you just wander through it, and then you can't sleep. It happens all the time. They're great thoughts. They're a ton of fun. AJ McCall on VFX, just AJ this morning, and Parknarks comes to its conclusion. Which one was the most annoying? You roll up on Dominie number one. The snow matches my car. The SUV parked in the snow. It looks like in the middle of a yard. You drive by that, and you think, someone had a good night? Someone had to break, make a run for it. Someone got totally lost in the snow and doesn't know how to drive. Classic Utah. Or nominee number two, which Kay raised an interesting point. She got to earlier. She said, is, is that even a parking spot? 
No, no, it's not. It's not a parking spot. See, because there was a huge one for nominee number two. I want to touch the wall, but it decided the one and one third car lengths that it's supposed to fit in, it wasn't going to. In fact, it was going to get right next to the sidewalk behind. That's right behind the convenience store it's at, and it's just going to be inconvenience everybody and just damn up that whole parking lot. Now, my vote was for number two because I don't try to give too much benefit of the doubt. If you made it for Parknarks, I feel like you deserved your spot on Parknarks. With that being said, maybe just maybe somebody who's at a party got a little loss. Nominee number one. There's no explanation for nominee number two. And I'm proud to say that is the one that was voted the most annoying. So the narker, the one who took the picture, can win that Johnny O. Spudnuts gift card. You can win as well and do your part to help clean up the valley by submitting terrible parking nominees. So Utah's VFX, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you see terrible parking, send it to us. And Monday we play again. So get ready for more Park Narks. And thank you for voting and submitting. Super, super appreciate it. VFX is a Facebook roulette. What is on your feed? That's what we need on our feed. Can I level with you? Because this number's calling again. So, look, you're always welcome to call on the AJ McCall Show. We welcome it. 435-787-0945. And you can text 68255. Just start your text with VFX. There has been a phone number that has called us now five times. And I just answered it. It just goes, beep, beep. And I'm, I'm an old person, so I was like, oh, is this a collect call or something along those lines, right? Were they passing on? So I wait. It just beeps over and over again, and they just keep calling again and again. I am so utterly confused as to what's going on, but whatever. Let's see there. The post I found was on my friend Conrad's post, and it's, uh, I'm not sure what movie this is from, but it's a lady crying out of bed. It says, I don't want to live through any more historical events. Yeah. Like, Trying to right the ship, but it just seems like basically, I mean, it's always been stuff going on, especially like in the millennial generation and older. They most last, what, I don't know, 20, 25, 30 years. But like we're trying to get out of the pandemic and now we're on the verge of World War III. Like just stop. Just stop. Let history like lie for a second. Hey, this last next 10 years was a stretch where like nothing really happened. People were just vibing and stuff. There was like a cool concert here or there, but that was it. Is that so much to ask for? Sheesh. Utah's VFX, find and add us, the AJ Knight, the McCall Taylor. And uh, be safe out there. I, I think by now the snow kind of stopped. The roads cleared up a little bit. But, man, this morning it was ugly. Luckily, the weather's actually supposed to get decent. So, fingers crossed. Um, if you missed the AJ McCall show, remember you can search for AJ McCall anywhere podcasts are, like the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Google Play. We are there. And, of course, find social media. Utah's VFX across the board. Until Monday morning for the AJ McCall Show, thanks for listening. Don't do anything we wouldn't do, and have yourself a good weekend.